You're listening to the Hard Hedge, UVA's only independent basketball podcast hosted by two guys, one of whom happens to be a fake coach. Fake coach. Get about your seat, you can have my drink, let me see you dance. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Pittman and Phony Bennett. When the sun falls, the sun falls, the moonlight, the moonlight, might be a hell of a night, go. Happy basketball season, ladies and gentlemen, as we sit here, we are less than 48 hours from tip, at least from when we're recording uh, here this evening. Welcome to the final preseason edition of the Hard Hedge. We're thrilled to be here and and just absolutely thrilled that the season is upon us. Phony, we have a great panel tonight, kind of a roundtable discussion, uh, but of course my man Phony Bennett uh, is here and, and Phony... Uh, you know, a lot of anticipation, a lot of discussion, and uh, you know, we're we're just a, a short uh, couple days away from action. Dude, that's that's. I mean, it's amazing I've gotten any work done this week because like everything, and especially early signing day started today, and then uh, we got the game on Friday. Like my mind is basketball twenty four seven right now, so I I can't wait, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking to the other guys tonight. Absolutely. Uh, also with us, uh, our main man, our uh, chief correspondent, if you will, of the Hard Hedge, Daniel O'Neill at Embrace the Pace. Danny, how has your fall been, brother? It's been pretty good. I'm busy, but like, I mean, I can't believe it's already basketball season, but I'm glad it's about to start. Yep, absolutely. And uh, also with us for the first time tonight, we've been trying to get him on for uh, a while, is uh, Charlie with University Ball, and you know him as at University Ball on Twitter. Charlie, how you doing this evening? Doing great. Glad to be glad to finally make it on, guys. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> well, uh, we're thrilled to have you on, and and honestly, tonight we're just gonna have a a wide open discussion about uh, a lot of different topics as we get ready for the season. And um, you know, it, it's it's certainly an exciting time to be a Virginia basketball fan. I wanted to kick off the discussion with with something that we've we've tackled a few times this off season. I think this will be the third time we brought it up. But now it's time for our final decision based on what we saw in the um, offseason practices and what we saw in the, uh, the scrimmage. Um, you know, l- let's go ahead and name our starting fives. And I'm going to start with you, Phony. Who do we put out there as the original five for Friday? You know, I like the fact that this is the third time that we've done this because this is going to be my third different response. And uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about Evan Nolte a, a little bit later. I'm I, Originally, I thought Evan was going to be the fifth guy. Okay, well, well, I guess I need to back up, right? Okay, the assumed <laughs> other guys, uh, London, Malcolm, uh, Mike, and uh, AG. Like I, I think everyone feels comfortable with that. It's really just that fifth spot, the three spot. I was leaning toward Evan before, and then I, I kind of focused on uh, Mario. Now I'm actually uh, leaning toward Darius Thompson. I, I'll tell you why. I, th- I think, especially early in the season, we're going to see uh, a lot of uh, you know some, some of those junk presses. I, I think we're going to need someone who can help break the press, who can help uh, distribute maybe someone who's a little more athletic. Uh, He's actually got more experience than Mario, right? He's got a full year of college ball plus an extra year of redshirting uh, with Tony. So I'm, I'm going with Darius Thompson uh, at the three spot in our starting game. That's an interesting, that's an interesting develop, uh, development. Daniel, I know that you, uh, you have a different assessment. Hit me. Yeah, I mean, I tweeted out last night. Um, I think, I mean, I have kind of two ways I'm feeling about this. I think sort of my head tells me it'll probably be Nolte in the three spot. Um, 
I just think whenever he's presented with the opportunity to uh, put an experienced guy out there, I think it's always a little too tempting for Tony to pass up. Um, and I can definitely see that. I mean, there's I, I don't fault him for that. It definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think the biggest thing is that Nolte's also a pretty good matchup for the GW game on Monday. Um, so it might be good to kind of get him started on the right track on Friday because I expect GW to... GW has a lot of sort of Nolte-type guys that are kind of undersized fours. Um, so he'll definitely play a lot on Monday, so you might as well get him started on Friday. But... Um, no, I agree with Phony. I, I was kind of back and forth with who I think should start uh, between Marielle and Darius, and I actually really like the idea of Darius uh, starting a lot too because, I mean, when it comes down to it, there really isn't a, that much of a difference one through three, um, especially offensively for us. Um, and just having Darius is a little more dynamic and uh, could add that um, sort of ball-stopping defender element to it. So, um, again, like we'll probably see a number of different lineups throughout the season. So um, who knows? We could all be wrong, but I think we'll see. Um, I have a feeling we'll see Evan there Friday night. I uh, Yeah. And uh, Charlie, let, let's go ahead. Uh, you know, Darius Thompson, uh, there's been some whispers that he's played really well um, in the scrimmage and, and, you know, he had, he had some moments in the in- inter-squad game as well. Charlie, are you leaning in one direction? You know, I'm a big I'm a big Darius fan because I think his ball handling ability is going to enable London to play off the ball a little bit, which might solve a little bit of our perimeter shooting question. But to start the season, like my heart said Mariel. I think Mariel's probably the most talented, like the best player of these options, but I think Tony values experience, especially knowing the defense being able to move the offense along, which is something Evan does really well. I think he's a good, like, he's good at logging the hockey assist. I think it's going to be Evan at least to start the season. Can I just point out there was a time when I was the only one that thought Evan was going to start, and now I've moved on and everyone's on Evan. I'm actually going to throw my hat in the same ring. (laughs) (laughs) I I do believe uh, that that Evan will probably get the nod from, from a matchup standpoint and from an experience standpoint. Uh, you know, you mentioned the hockey statistics, and and we all know uh, one of the more surprising stats that we kind of saw this off season or towards the end of the year was Evan Nolte and plus minus uh, was actually the the tops in the on the roster uh, last season, which it was just kind of you know mind blowing to a lot of folks. But I, I think it at least lends to the fact that that he does a lot of things right, um, you know, and a lot of things that might not stand out on a score sheet. Um, so. You know that is is definitely subject to, to change, as as uh, Daniel said at the one through three. It's it's all the lead guard position. Any one of those, uh, any one of those guys could could end up starting. But um, you know we'll see uh, in just a in just a short couple of days. But I, I do believe you'll probably see uh, Nolte in there. Um, next next discussion, guys. I, I wanted to to kind of get everyone's feedback on on just what is different about this team. Look, this is the year. We talked about it when we first started recording this podcast early in the year uh, last year that, um, you know, we, we were awfully optimistic about the season, but but we all had our eyes on this season. Um, and, and there's just a number of things that, that I think are, are unique about this team, and I wanted to kind of dive into them. Phony, uh, what stands out to you about, uh, you know, maybe what separates this team from Virginia teams in the past? You know, the, the biggest changes that I'm looking at are in the post. Um, 
I, I think Isaiah Wilkins, you're going to see him at the four. We've talked about him. He's a guy that can run at the three or the four. I'm expecting to see him more at the four this season, and he gives us that, that kind of that stretch four. And I'm not sure how good his shot is, but he's, he's certainly got more range uh, than Anthony has at that spot. So I think, uh, you know, he can provide some different looks. And then when you've got, I mean, two bangers backing up Mike, you, you got Jack Salt and uh, Reuter. Both those guys provide a very different kind of defense, a very different uh, presence in the post than Mike Toby does. And and so that's where I'm seeing the big change. I think we're going to have guys slide in uh, with, with the guards and, and you're not going to uh, see a lot of disruption there but uh the post i i think we stand to make some improvements i mean losing darian is, is a huge blow but i what we're replacing it with is different but i think uh can ultimately be more effective daniel what do you what do you see different about this year's team yeah it's actually kind of funny um i think last year uh i was a little bit more optimistic about going into last season about that actual year's team um whereas a lot of other people like you said were kind of Saying, "Oh, we'll be we'll be pretty good this year, but wait till wait till the next year." Um, I feel like I'm actually kind of the opposite coming into this year. I think I'm slightly um, less optimistic with this team, and I'm just excited about next year's team just because it'll be so different, and there'll be so many new players and a lot of just raw talent on it. But I mean, that being said, this this team is still going to be very very solid. Um, I think that's probably the biggest the best word to describe this team is that I mean. It's it's you know it's gonna be solid. There's so many, there's so many. Yeah, sound. Tony loves that word. <laughs> um, there's so many proven, experienced guys out there that I mean the 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 floor is incredibly high. I mean the ceiling is as well. But um, I think the key of this year's team is that it's it's really really deep. Um, there's a lot of guys that are legitimate ACC basketball players on this team. Maybe they haven't quite proven they're an all ACC caliber player, like like the Mariels and Darius and Isaiahs of the team and Devin. But um, there's a lot of guys on on this team that you know are going to give you quality minutes, and I think that's going to really play uh, well in our favor, especially down the stretch in March. Is that depth and just overall talent level is is pretty impressive. Well, well, that's interesting, and I'll have to ask you to elaborate a little bit on 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 how you think. You know, is there anything that that makes you believe that that this that this team will not be as as successful as as ne- as last year's team? Yeah, why are you being a hater, Dan? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, the shooting does scare me. Yeah. Uh, um, that's that's one of those things you really can't get out of your head after. I mean, being at the Michigan State game in person was just just terrible. <laughs> uh, and I mean, that's that's obviously that's if. If someone steps up and is just a lights out shooter, or if, the, or if the team steps up and shoots like they're capable of, I think it's pretty clear we're the best team in the country. But they have to step up, so um, that is a question mark. And I think that's that's really the only reason. Again, like I'm not down on this team at all. I think it's it's legitimate top five team. Um, I think part of it, my anticipation for next year's team is just that I really love that recruiting class and and. Seeing Austin Nichols and Mamani being eligible, I think will be exciting. But obviously, we've we've got we've got to take care of business this year too. Yeah, man. Well, Charlie, what are your thoughts? Chime in on on both of those points from Daniel. Um, I mean, I'll try not to tell this year's team that Dan's bored of them and ready to move on. <laughs> Just seeing them so much. 
I, I think the biggest question on this year's team, you look at the team that won the ACC tournament, there was an Akil Mitchell basically quarterbacking the defense, running things, moving pieces around. And then last year, Darian Atkins moved into that spot. I'm just I'm looking at this year's group, and I'm not sure who that guy is going to be. And actually, going back to talk about Isaiah, maybe it was right after Darion inked with the Knicks, I woke up like nervous and cold and was wondering who was going to be that guy. And for a little bit, I, I, I had Isaiah in my starting lineup next to Gil, like with the idea that maybe he could be that guy and we could just run Toby off the bench as a scoring threat. But I think it's going to have to be more of a team effort. Like everybody knowing their assignments, knowing where they need to be, like and no like individual taking control down low. I think that's going to be a question we or that's something we need to see if it, it works out. Um, but I won't, I'm pretty excited about this year's team to be honest. I think the pieces we're adding. I think like Thompson offers something we haven't seen in a while, um, and I think maturation of guys that have been here for a little bit. I think I'm not even sure there is technically a ceiling on this team if everything comes together. Yeah, yeah, that's what I tell you when when I when I sat down and like did my my game by game predictions that I that I do annually and I kind of just really try to assess the season and and looked and looked hard at the competition. What really stood out to me is just a a sheer physical and mental maturity that I'm not sure anyone in the country will be able to put out there. And I'm talking about guys that have been in the system three, four, five years uh, with Mike Curtis, that we were possibly, you know, one of the more physical and tougher teams a season ago. And I think we'll be even even bigger and stronger this year. Uh, and then on the mental, from the mental side, you know, Florida State might return a, a few more starts, I think, technically. But you're talking about big game experience, you know, guys like Nolte and Brogdon and Toby and Perantis and guys that have just played, uh, contributed massively to 60 win seasons, uh, 60 wins the last two seasons. Um, you know, I think that combination of physical and mental maturity really gives Virginia an edge uh, just about against anyone that they go up to on any given night. Now, does that mean you're going to win every game? Uh, you know, no, it doesn't. But I think that th- there's going to be a certain level of intangibles that that I think personally is going to make up for that shooting, um, you know, in a lot of ways. And I want to believe in my core that a couple of the guys that that are mid thirty percent type three point shooters can 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 bump it up a couple percentage points and be a little bit more consistent, particularly our starting backcourt. Um, and I think, like Daniel said, if that comes together, then you know I'm not sure who can beat us. Um, you know, if if we do struggle shooting the ball, you know, maybe some of those intangibles just won't be enough. But, um, you know, I certainly think it's a national championship ca- caliber team uh, with the level of experience and maturity that it has. And um, well, and that's yeah. the thing about Tony's teams. I mean, we've we've seen that from the beginning as guys improve year after year. And I know we've talked about this before, but we've had coaches where it's really stagnant. And and I can't count many guys under Tony that have had a year where, where they regressed. Um, you know, there, there, there's a couple, but for the most part, you can expect these guys to be better than they were last year, the ones that are coming back. And so the, the shooting woes, I'm, I'm wiping those out of my head. I'm not going to worry about that as much uh, with this team. I, th- I think uh, I think a lot of those guys will find ways to fix that. And this is this is a really perhaps the most versatile team we've seen under Tony as well. I mean, if you you can take 
10 pieces that are likely to see time and you can make a big lineup. You can make a small four out lineup. You can, I mean, you can try to put together a shooting lineup. Like Tony has pieces to match pretty much anything anyone can throw at him. And I don't know if we've seen that quite to this extent. Like this team can go up against and put up a, a good face against just about anybody. Well, that, that's going to be fun to see how many different lineups he uses this year. Does anybody track that? Daniel, do you pay attention to that? I mean, not officially, but uh, <laughs> no, I think that's that's definitely something to pay attention to. Um, I hope, I really hope he does like sort of play around a bit. Um, the schedule, combining the the difficulty of the schedule and the options we have with our different lineups, it's it could be really exciting to try out so many different things that we're by like come March we'll have we'll have our go to lineup that has been tested against against the best and. I mean, that's, that's a really exciting prospect. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that Brad Soderberg said that in one of the, the first meetings, we, we've been hearing all offseason some whispers of, of, of potentially the coaching staff looking to do more, uh, you know, four-guard type sets, uh, maybe maybe pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, and, and Brad said in, in one of the first meetings when he was in Charlottesville, they were all having a discussion, and there was a lot of discussion about change about, you know, how, how are we going to change the offense? How are we going to do this? And how are we going to do that? And he said that he had to be the level head in the room to be like, wait a second, guys, you know, you've won 60 games the last two years. Uh, you know, you, you don't need to go out and drastically make changes. So, um, you know, it definitely seems that it's on the coach's mind that they want to do some tweaks, uh, you know, but overall we're, we're probably going to see a lot more of the same. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see um, – how it all works out. The personnel, especially coming in next season, uh, is going to really dictate some level of, of a different style of play, in my opinion. But we'll see how that goes. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, – let's give out some preseason awards uh, for the roster. And I'll start with the the really obvious one, I think, uh, for everyone. But let, let's go ahead and talk about them. Uh, team MVP. And uh, I'll go ahead and start with Charlie on, on this one. Uh, give me your team MVP and why, and then pass it on down. Can it? I mean, I'm interested to see, but can it be anybody but Malcolm Brogdon? Um, I mean, he's one of the best individual defenders in the country. He's our most versatile offensive player. He's he keys. I mean, a lot of the times he, the offense starts by him, runs through him, and I mean, there isn't anything really that the man can't do on the court. Or um, off. Or off. Very good point. I mean, talk about an example of what we want a UVA athlete to be. I mean, this guy wants to end the water shortage. Um, <laughs> I mean, right? But he's I, awesome. He's, he's we saw we saw what we saw against Carolina in the ACC tournament last year is another example of why he, I think he'll be most valuable. We we tend to run into droughts every so often. I think it'll happen again. And Malcolm is the guy on this team with the ability. And I think maybe the light went off that he can do it, but he's the guy with the ability to put the team on his back and generate either buckets or free throws when things go short. And I'd like to see him do more of that when things do run dry this year. Agreed. And I, yeah, I don't think there really is another choice. Daniel, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, Charlie kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, you can't really pick against Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, I would, you have to mention AG. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he's obviously the second choice here. Um, the one thing to pay attention to might be, I think Malcolm's going to be our MVP regardless, um, just based on what he does on both ends of the floor and just how much of a leader he is. Um, 
but I could see it. I could I could see a situation where maybe his stats regress a little bit because he's going to be absolutely hounded by opposing defenses. There's there's no Justin Anderson next to him anymore. Um, while there's still talented guys around him, uh, he's definitely going to be uh, the main priority of other teams. Um, so I think I could see a situation where there, people are going to be so worried about him that maybe they'll slack off AG a little bit. And um, I, I've always been incredibly high on AG. And I think Me too. he's going to be... I think he's going to have a big year. Um, again, I think MVP is going to... Regardless, I think Brogdon's going to be our most valuable player, but I think AG can make it close when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, definitely, if... I think from an outsider's perspective, I mean, we recognize that, that Malcolm is the leader, you know, those of us that watch the team, but I think there's a good chance that AG has more eye-popping numbers that you look at, and, and for the guys that aren't watching Virginia basketball for whatever reason... You look at his numbers, and and I think they're going to be really strong across the board this year. Uh, but I mean, I agree with you guys. Malcolm is our most valuable player, but I think there there's a very good chance that AG uh, will end up getting a whole lot of pub this year uh, for what he does. Yeah, I think Anthony Gill might be the best player in the country that that a lot of the country doesn't know about. Um, you know, just a name that you know in a lot of circles uh, outside of diehard college basketball fans would never know who he is, but uh, you know, the Pomeroy stats are, are very clear. Uh, the guy is just an absolute producer at every level. But you got to give it to Malcolm uh, as as the MVP, obviously. And I think, uh, to me, the key, and, and we've I've talked about this on this podcast before, is, is Malcolm has to develop a little bit more consistency with that jump shot. Uh, the, the bottom line to me is, you know, I, phony, I've, I've received a lot of texts from you during games and a lot of <laughs> A, a lot of fans that get a little frustrated sometimes when when they when they think he's being a little over aggressive and kind of getting lost amongst the trees and getting a lot of shots blocked and maybe not getting to the free throw line as much as he as as he thinks he's going to when he does that. I think if he can be more consistent, get closer to the high thirties on that three point shot, get a little bit more arc and consistency on the mid range jump shot, uh, it's going to open up. Uh, a lot of things for him. Players gonna have to play him closer. You know, he's not gonna be able to, uh, or, or he's gonna be able to use his body and and get in a much better position to get to the basket and draw fouls. And that's what I'm looking for early in the season because he gets it going. It stretches. Uh, it's if he can be a little bit more consistent with it throughout the year. You know. Uh, well, I think, I think in any given game, he's got to make better decisions early. Like he, it, it seems like, and, and you know, this is my complaint. He always has to make a few bad decisions before he starts like making the good ones, like when to drive or, or when to shoot it. If he can start that earlier um, and give us that spark even earlier in the game, uh, that's what I think he'll do this year. Yeah, I'd like, him, I'd like him to maintain his aggressiveness. Like, I don't want Malcolm to take less than ten shots in a game unless it's no a game one. Unless we, it's a game we've won by fifteen to twenty points. Yeah, I, 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 any I, good any any Malcolm Brogdon shot is is a good shot to me, more or less. And uh, somebody, it's one thing that that one of my maybe slight concerns for this team is, as I do believe we fall victim to our own kind of mentality on defense, and I think we're a little over selective at times. And and I know that the the, the biggest thing that we preach is, is quality shots, and, and, I, and I'm okay with that, but with the shortened shot clock and how patient we tend to be at times and uh, the fact that we don't really engage our offense sometimes until there, there's, a, there's a lot of ticks off that clock, um, you know, there's going to have to be somebody that gets that ball late in the clock and, and does something with it. And it's going to have to be Malcolm a lot of the time, and, um, you know, I think he's, he's ready for it. And, and 
you can't be overstated how how good he is defend. He was the defensive player of the year in the ACC last year. They just you know uh, we wanted Darion. Yeah, they weren't going to give a, a, another. You know, they weren't going to award that to him. But um, well, yeah, we didn't submit his name for that. Right. Uh, you know, we only nominated Darion for that, which I think is kind of cool. But yep, agreed. So let's let's move on to one where everyone on this on this uh, call could have a, a different answer for the breakout player of the year. Who who is the player that is going to emerge? Uh, that's been here in the program and kind of be a, a, just an absolute star uh, as opposed to seasons past. And, and go ahead, Phony, let's start with you. All right, well, I, I was really high on Isaiah Wilkins last year, and, and I, I was hammering home I don't know how many times. I said it, if he can put some size on, you know, get a little bit more experience, that he's going to be a monster. And so I've got to go with him because <laughs> I, I committed to that a, a year ago. And uh, I think he's – going to be able to do it. He's really got a lot of skills, and he brings a dynamic uh, that we haven't really had at, at that size uh, in a while. Uh, I would love for it to be Mike Toby, for Mike Toby to to have that same effort that we want from him every game, the every minute that he's in there. Um, but I, I think we're going to get that from Isaiah this year. Daniel? I don't know if this really counts as a breakout player, but um, I think we're going to see a different London Prentice. I think, um, obviously, he could kind of just gradually improve and still be just a, a great overall point guard. But I think he might actually sort of uh, take over a little bit more this year, and I think we're going to need it as well. But um, I, don't know, I keep going back to the the Carolina game last year. Yes, was one of his one of the best, probably the one of the best games. Uh, I'll say probably that was the best game he played offensively, even if his. Uh, I don't think it's like shooting percentage or anything was that great in that game, but he was so aggressive, but in an intelligent way, not like reckless or anything. He was looking for good shots and taking them when they were there. Um, it was exciting to see him play like that. Now I was, he didn't really continue that, that sort of aggression the rest of the way. But um, I think he realizes this year how important um, his role is and how much we benefit from him being able to be aggressive and hunt down those shots and make them. And I think, I think we're going to see a different London this year. I think, London so. Pro- I think so too. And I think it's going to be key for us because I think especially after Justin got hurt last year, London was so reluctant to look for his own offense some of the time because that's just not how he's been wired. He's been deferential to the other guys who are a little bit higher up on our offensive food chain. But I think he was so deferential. The team started to back off him almost in a way like they used to treat Bub. And that made, I mean, losing Justin and then having teams not really paying a ton of attention to London made life even harder for Malcolm. So I think London's going to have to be more aggressive. And I think Darius is going to help him do that too. Right, Darius, and, and if Devin can can get some run, I think, uh, you know, it'll give London more time off the ball. So who, who are you casting your vote for, Charlie? You know, I've beaten up on this guy a lot over his first three years, but I'm going with Mike Toby. Yes. I, like, I mean, did you, you guys? I'm sure have all watched the scrimmage videos. Did you, Jack? Did you see him hit that turnaround over Jack Salt on the baseline? Oh, yes. Salt playing pretty much perfect defense, like at six eleven, arm arm extended, in the face of Toby, nails the turnaround. I think he knows that the clock is tipping, ticking. And while he's not really everybody, you see a seven footer, and you you just want him to be wired like a killer. And I'm not necessarily sure that's Toby. But I think he knows the clock's ticking. I think he knows this team has a chance to do something special. And I think he's going to come out. 
I don't want to say motivated because I think he's always been motivated, but I think he's just going to keep trying to push it where in the past he may have gotten discouraged with himself. I think knowing that there's a finite amount of time left is going to motivate him to just keep pushing. And while there's definitely a question, like he has to be able to stay on the floor against teams that will just high pick and roll us to death. And he's got to like, he's probably still seeing Mita glue in his nightmares. I think, I mean, I think he's going to be on the court as much as he can. And I think we're going to see, I mean, I don't know. There's no reason he can't give us 10 and six, 12 and six this year. And I think he's just going to be a monster for teams to deal with. I think if he can be the player that we all feel like we know he can be, that it, you're going to have a hard time keeping us from the Final Four this year. I, I think he's really going to be key to a lot of our long-term plans. Well, I agree 100%, and, and that is my choice as well. Uh, I was definitely going with Mike Toby, and it's based on one sentence I heard him say uh, in a Jeff White article this summer where he said, I watched tape on my freshman year, and I want to be more aggressive like that. And look, yeah, his first year was almost comical. Whenever he touched the ball, he shot it, you know, uh, but he did it with utmost confidence. He didn't see a shot that he didn't like. And that confidence, you know, even after the, the trip overseas and everything like that, it was it has not been the same. And I believe as a senior, he'll have the ability to get that confident back, that confidence back. And I think a confident Mike Toby can be a dominant Mike Toby. Uh, and I do think I worry about him defensively. The same thing you said, Charlie, with the high pick and roll and, and just really having to move his feet and be an anchor of the defense at times. You know, I wonder if that's going to keep his minutes down, you know, if he can you know, stay out of foul trouble which could be a concern also, but I think offensively that is going to be your breakout player of the year. Um, I think he's going to have people saying, you know, okay, wh- where was this Mike Toby all along? And the bottom line is, you know, it's not all is not everyone's going to walk on campus uh, or on grounds ready to go. Uh, so, you know, the bottom line is I think this is his turn and, and, and that's definitely my vote uh, for, for that one. And, and let's, let's move on to, uh, uh, newcomer of the year, and there's only a few options. I'll go ahead and I'll I'll, I'll allow uh, uh, Coach Soderberg uh, to be a candidate as well. So, uh, <laughs> oh uh, no, see, I I thought about this question in advance. Now you're changing the <laughs> parameters. So go go ahead, Phony. Who who is your your newcomer of the year uh, from the transfer that is coming eligible and the incoming freshman and the incoming coach? Well, so I. Yeah, I already said I think Darius Thompson is going to start day, game one for us. So I think I, I'm going to have to give it to him. And, and whether or not he ends up starting game one, he's going to start some games for us. And he's um, people are going to talk about him. I mean, everything you hear uh, about what he does in practice and, and even some of those uh, those passes he was making in transition in the, the blue and white game, he's someone that I think is going to be very exciting. And he's... Uh, Someone said, I'm not sure who it was, that we're going to have a hard time keeping him off the court. And uh, I, I really hope that's true. From what I've seen, I have no reason to believe it's not true. So uh, he gets my vote. You guys know he has, I mean, I'm sure you do. He has a higher vertical. He's been, they say he has a higher vertical than Justin, which means, I mean, there's. Nobody team, has a higher vertical than Justin. Our team is great. And they're like, they're very good and they're very fundamental but they're they're almost fun in the way tim duncan is fun sometimes and i think a guy like darius is going to be maybe the guy to just i don't know unleash the emotion of a pack jpj sometimes with some kind of ridiculous the way that justin did yeah absolutely so is that where you would uh you would vote obviously yeah sorry i jumped in there Um, that's fine no i actually yeah i was gonna vote for darius but i also want to give a nod i think 
our bigs are going to be much better for competing against Austin Nichols in practice every every day. Like I think Nichols is going to torment Gill and Toby to the almost to the point that a lot of the time they have an easier time of it on the court than the, during in game action than they do in practice. Yeah, he, he he showed some monster moments during that scrimmage. Yep, Daniel. Yeah, as far as newcomer goes, I think it's hard to say anyone other than uh, Darius. Um, I like I like shouting out Nichols though because I do think that he is he's gonna be a big factor. Um, and also, if if Toby does end up breaking out, I mean, you're probably gonna have to credit give a lot of credit to Mike uh, to Jack Salt there because um, I think before Jack arrived, it was kind of hard for to simulate some of the the physicality and toughness um, of the players that that Toby would tend to struggle against. Um, I really don't think players come more physical and tougher than, uh, than Jack Salt seems to be. So I think that uh, Toby's not going to see many people that'll be a, that, that sort of could exploit his weakness more than Jack can in practice. So I think, um, I think, I mean, obviously this is kind of, I didn't really pick one person other than Darius, but I think that uh, we need to give a shout out to Jack because I think, both he'll be a good player and, and he'll get some minutes this year, but I think hopefully if Toby does does break out, I think he'll be a re- big reason why. Well, and he was someone that I think impressed people in that scrimmage, that he had some offensive moves that I don't think any of us expected. Now, I don't know if it's just because of what I'd heard. Like, I, I thought he was going to be tripping over his own feet or something. So I, I was impressed by uh, any really good touch he had on the ball. And he showed that he might be able to actually uh, earn some minutes this year. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Darius Thompson would be my vote as well. But I I wanted to mention Jack Salt because guys, I I heard I heard something a few weeks ago and kind of just caught me out of nowhere about you know someone who who supposedly has has some connections that told me that 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 Jack Salt is going to play more minutes than anyone thinks this year. That was before the uh, inter squad game, and then you kind of watch that film and you were like, you know, wait a second, this guy's a little bit more polished than, than, than people think. And we all know that, you know, he's not going to back down from anyone. He uh, is, gets a lot of garbage buckets, is really physical. Um, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, he would be a breakout player of the year candidate if, if you, you know, if you adjusted it to scale. You know, obviously he's going to spend a lot of time on the bench uh, this season and, and due to both fouls and experience. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I think there are other candidates that would, that would probably be better, but I, I think he, he, from what I'm hearing, he might be in position to surprise, um, you know, a lot more than people, uh, people think this year. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it with him is what going to be, whether he can stay on the court, you know, stay out of foul trouble. Um, and then if he can rebound, because yeah, I, I, it's, I, great, it's great to have a, a big tough body that you can go in there knowing that, that he's going to waste a couple fouls. I mean, especially if he's going to be physical and get some boards for you. I mean, that's, it's not a uh, that's a valuable position, especially for a young player. Well, how many second chance points did we give up last year? I mean, it, it seemed like a lot of the the tough baskets we gave up were were second chance baskets. So anything we can do to continue to improve rebounding, I, I think our our set defense does well. But once you get that rebound and that scramble, it, it can take a second to recover, and that's where teams were able to take advantage of us. So we need to improve that rebounding percentage. And he's he's tall. Uh, so I think he can help with that. Do you guys remember just a, a few years? Do you guys remember just a few years ago when we were uh, there was legitimate discussion about having to play either Joe Harris or Paul Jesperson at the four for extended periods of time? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
we've come we've come a long way. We've got got a lot more than the the like six and a half players we had in that 2012 year. <laughs> Didn't we play Joe Harris at four with a broken hand for a while? It won't. Oh play? yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's... <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. We the, the roster has got a whole nother level of depth, and um, you know if we go small, it'll it'll be by choice this time and not uh, necessity. Um, so I guess let's let's put these last two, and we can kind of talk about them together. Uh, both defensive player of the year and and who's the sixth man? Obviously that uh, you know let's just say the, the bench player that that is going to have the the most dramatic impact. And, and I, I guess we don't know exactly who's starting yet, but we can. You know, we can make some assumptions and, and go ahead, phony. All right. Well, so we're we're doing both of them. So six man because I got uh, Darius starting. I got, I got Mario Shack as our six man because I think he's an impact player, and I think one of you guys said it already. He's going to get as many minutes as uh, as Darius. I mean, I you know w- one of them is probably going to be a starter, but I, I don't think their uh, their actual contributions to the team are going to be terribly different so um i'm expecting him to be the sixth man defensive player of the year look we we all agreed i think malcolm was our defensive player of the year last year that's probably going to be the case this year so my my upset pick there uh, would be anthony gill I, I think some of his defenses has been uh, even a little underrated at times and i think this is hopefully the year where he steps up and really becomes that that complete player and uh you know just, just takes that next step daniel so for yeah for for six man uh, I'm gonna go with Isaiah just because um, mainly because I'm pretty confident that he's gonna be coming off the bench and I and I really like him in that role um, I think he's he's the type of guy that we talk about guys who can kind of um, replace some of Justin's enthusiasm and and especially a couple of years ago when Justin won that award in the ACC um, sort of coming off the bench and giving you the the type of spark you're looking for. I think Isaiah's that type of player. Um, yeah, I can I see wa- that. I was watching some of the some tape from a couple of games from last year, um, a couple of days ago, and the kid just like flies around a little bit. Some of it was just he was almost like a deer in the headlights. Sort of, it wasn't the good type of flying around. He was just literally just kind of running all over the place. But uh, you like you like to see some of that. Um, he's got the enthusiasm. He's got the energy. And I think now that he's got a legitimate uh, college-ready body to go along with it. I think he could be really valuable for us off the bench. Um, as far as defensive player of the year, um, I really, I'm really, i really excited to see what Darius can add um, in terms of we haven't really had a, a, a lockdown, a, a guy who could really shut down those quicker guards um, since, I guess, since Bub was here. I mean, Malcolm, point. Can, Malcolm can obviously do very well against that, but he's, he's not the quickest guy in the world. I think having a guy with the length and quickness of Darius will sort of eliminate a weakness that we've occasionally had, uh, a vulnerability to um, the Louisville-type guard, some of the Duke guards that can just kind of drive by you or pull up quickly. Um, if we can shut down those type of guards, um, and I think Darius allows us to do that, it, God, it makes our defense even scarier. Agreed. Charlie. Well, I mean, my defensive player of the year is Malcolm. I think, I mean, it's it's been covered. He's perhaps one of the best perimeter defenders in the country, and that kind of goes without any further explanation. But I'm going to touch, again, a little bit. I don't think he's going to be defensive player of the year, but I want to at least touch on Mike Toby as a rim protector. And he's improved a little bit there every season, just in going straight up, not 
not reaching, not hacking, not committing the fouls. And I think so long as he's on the court, not being drawn out on the perimeter, I think he's going to help us out a lot just going straight up and altering shots around the rim. As for my sixth man, I'm going with, I'm going with Shayok. There was one, there were a couple of things I saw from him last year that I really liked. The first was that he was, while our team is almost selfless to a fault, like occasionally way too unselfish and just working the ball around, always passing up, like when you guys talked about passing up okay shots for a great one. I think Mariel at times was willing to take a couple dribbles and try to make something happen. And I think especially if, say, Malcolm's on the bench, we're going to need somebody who's willing to go get a bucket, and Shayok can do that. As well, like his arms, like his arms are nuts. Like I, I always compare him to being guarded by, by a giant. <laughs> his arms are nuts. <laughs> his arms are nuts. It's like being guarded by a giant squid on the perimeter at times. And I feel like he could perhaps fill in on opponents' best perimeter players. Maybe give Malcolm a breather, let him focus more on offense. And I think his just his versatility on both sides of the ball will be important for us this year. And not, not I mean, not to forget also. If you take out that little freshman wall he hit, like I think it was late January, early February, he almost hit half of his threes last year. So he's an option as a perimeter shooter as well. Yeah, Charlie, you, you nailed it, man. That that's uh, Shayok is actually who I'm going to list as as my defensive player of the year, only because I want to be different uh, and and not just give it to Brogdon, who who I think is the best defensive player. But to me, Shayok is the most versatile one. He can he can guard pretty much anyone on the floor. Uh, you know, other than a few five men in the league, uh, you know, he, he's got really good length. He, he's got really good footwork uh, defensively. Uh, you know, he can recover uh, with long strides. Uh, I just think he's a really, really versatile defender. And, and that's why I think he ends up starting the majority of the games this season uh, over Nolte, in my opinion, um, kind of as we get along into the season. I think that versatility is, on both sides of the ball, like you mentioned, is just it's just too hard to, to, to ignore. So I was going to give my six-man award uh, to Isaiah Wilkins just because I think that Nolte and, and Shayok could start a lot. Um, you know, Wilkins, I, I think Daniel hit the nail on the head. I, I think he's a extremely high-energy guy that wants so well to succeed and wants to do it the right way. Uh, he, he has a basketball IQ uh, about him that um, – you know, for a young guy, I think is very impressive. And I think he's going to come in at a couple different spots. I think his jump shot, it looks really good. It just from a form wise and his lift and, uh, you know, that that is a four man that I think is going to be a, a consistent shooting stretch for, which I wasn't sure about that, you know, watching him in high school. Uh, you know, I thought he could develop into it. Uh, and it, it looks like he's definitely going to going to have even more than the mid range game that he really showed. Um, in high school so uh, you know it, there's so many different options for all these uh, awards that we've given out and that, that's just a testament to the depth of this team uh, it'll be interesting to see you know kind of how it all plays out uh, we haven't talked and I want to get everyone's quick opinion on this because he, he, he's a he's a favorite of the hard hedge and his name has not come up once is Devin Hall gonna have minutes on this team is he gonna play and I open up the floor to whoever wants to answer I hope so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's kind of all I've got. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to get them because I think Darius is going to swoop in and take a lot of backup point guard minutes. And I mean, Mariel is there on the wing. Like, I'm not sure where he's always going to get them, but I just feel like things move a little bit better when he's out there. Like, he 
He showed the ability to hit from the wings in the corner last year. He he was aggressive going to the basket. He's not afraid to make the pass. Like he's a guy I feel like has a place in this team. I just hope and I like seeing him I like seeing him on the floor. I'm just not necessarily always sure where and when it's going to come. Yeah, he's the, he's the forgotten man on this team and I mean, I, I, I'm with you guys, and I was very skeptical at the start of last season, but I, I want to see him more. I haven't talked to anybody who's, I, I would say, closer to the program uh, who doesn't want to see him more. I mean, everyone thinks he's the guy, and it's just a matter of him convincing Tony that that you know he needs the, he deserves those minutes. And so, um, man, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I, I couldn't. I've told you last year why he wasn't getting minutes. So, uh, well, I'm Daniel, not... let me ask Daniel a question on that. When you watch some tape, like the, the message boards and Twitter love to say that it must be bad defense. Do you see bad defense on tape? No, I don't either. <laughs> just, just straight up, I don't. I mean, and, and I mean, the thing this year is that we'll have like so many options. It's hard to like if Darius goes out and kills it. If Marielle's playing well, it's it's hard to complain about it, but. The thing that was frustrating last year was that we had sort of a need uh, that Devin seemed to be a good fit for, and yet his minutes didn't really necessarily increase all that much. Um, I, I hope he finds a role. I hope. I hope. I think it has to do a lot with uh, our coaches' strategy on on how they want to divvy up minutes, how 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 deep of a team they really want to be, um, whether they want to sort of find their their rotation, and stick with it, or whether they really want to. S- get the most out of it. I mean, that's, that's to be determined, but, um, I mean, it's hard to ask much more of him. I thought, I think pretty much most of the times he's gone out there and gotten minutes, I think he's played pretty well. Um, I, I like, like Charlie said, I, I've always thought that everything in our office, uh, offense, especially just seems to flow a little bit better. Our pace is a little bit better. Um, he's got, he plays with a sense of urgency that not many other players in our team do. And, I think it it's very beneficial, and, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it, with the the changes we're implementing in our offense this year, he'll be a better fit. Um, but we'll see. I think he's a talented player. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him. I'm not gonna get too down about it or anything if he's not playing because because we do have options. And, and if he's not playing, I think there's there's gonna be a good reason for it. But um, I think I mean I'm not some some fans might be sort of writing him off. I'm definitely not writing him off yet. No, and, and folks seem to think he had a good summer. That he showed improvement and stuff, but it, it's really getting that that trust from Tony to, uh, I, I think maybe not do more than what he's asked to do as, as a backup. And, and I think maybe if anything, that's gotten him in trouble in the past, um, trying to do more than he's being asked to. But see, uh, I I thought that there were stretches last season, and I want to spend forever on this subject where, like like Daniel kind of mentioned, that there were times where his kind of skill set. I think would have been a perfect plug-in based on the scenario a number of times. A guy that comes in that's that's a little bit, you know, doesn't really have any wasted movement, kind of has a little bit more, a little bit more aggression, uh, you know, and just just really tries to make something happen. Whether, you know, it comes off as a little bit out of control, maybe a couple times, that's okay. Some, sometimes when you when when your offense uh, is struggling, you just need that spark. And and I was screaming for them to throw him in there. Uh, and I don't question Tony on much, but, um, you know, this year, uh, you know, obviously I think he's going to have a harder time, at, at, you know, at least from an, from an outsider perspective, it seems like with all the other guys there that are experienced that he, he might, he might even have a harder time earning minutes, but maybe he's improved. 
I'll always wonder why he didn't play a little bit more last year. But he he catalyzed that VCU win last year. I mean, the the box score doesn't necessarily look like it, but I mean, when he was on the court, he was pushing the ball up, he was looking to distribute, and then he had, I mean, he had that dunk that had people wondering if Justin had switched jerseys. Yeah, that's the, that's the game that kind of opened my eyes last year. Seeing how dynamic he could be. I mean, I you know we love London and Malcolm. Those guys are so under control generally that that there's a dynamic element that that Devin brings to the court. Like you know where he might he might try to do something and and it's not necessarily a dunk. I mean he he, he can create for others as well. Uh, I, I really hope we see him. Yeah, I, I think his shot is has a chance to be pretty pretty good inconsistent too but all right that that's you know we can't get through a podcast without me talking about <laughs> Devin Hall so uh we had to touch on it but let's let's move on to uh, our season expectations guys because we're getting close to an hour but I want you to be thorough on this and we'll run through everybody you know look uh we talked a little bit about it in the opening uh but here we are uh you know a senior laden team uh you know a lot of uh a lot of pieces are there um what what are our expectations? What are we okay with? What will what will we be upset if if, if we don't do? Um, and and let's just kind of put uh, put a bow on it here. Forty eight hours before action and phony. We'll uh, we'll go ahead to you and guys just kind of pass it on down. All right. Um, I mean, I think it's all about experience. I've been. I, I think that the the teams that that end up being the best teams. I mean, we see these you know these flashes with the with the great one and Duns, but. Uh, Overall, you need those experienced guys, and we've got that in, in such abundance. And like we touched on earlier, guys improve in this program. They, year after year, they're getting better. So with that experience that we're bringing back, and that, that's everyone, including Evan Nolte, who you know you guys do, I, I don't think is going to end up starting. I think he might struggle for some minutes this year because there's guys at every position that he might play that, that are more athletic than him. But uh, I, I think Nolte is valuable because he, he knows the system, and he's one of those guys that can help steady us when the team is faltering in, in some of these bigger games. I, I think he's uh, has shown the ability to be clutch. I, I wouldn't have a problem with him taking a big shot for us. Um, so I think, I think that experience sets the ceiling uh, really high for us. I mean, we talked. We've got a tougher non-conference schedule. I'm not expecting us to remain perfect through that. I'm not expecting us to be perfect uh, in in the conference. I I'm predicting a final record of 25 and five. I think we get to at least the elite eight, but the sky's the limit for these guys. I mean, there's I, I don't think there's any team that we can't compete against. And I think more than any Tony Bennett program up to this point, we can we have the versatility to to match up against whatever we happen to face and that's something we always haven't always had the luxury to have and so i i think having that is is going to be the final thing to let us take the next step that the program needs to yeah i think um th- our this program's at a point where i think we we sort of change our expectations and how we measure success i think those have definitely changed over the past couple of years um where i'm at the point now where i'm really just I'm thinking about what's going to happen in March, um, not just simply in the NCAA tournament, but what we call a successful season now. I think has to start with: Did we win the ACC regular season? Did we win the ACC tournament? What was our seed in the NCAA tournament? How far do we advance? I think those are the four main things for me that I'm that I'm focusing on. Um, the regular season is something that I mean, it's it's nice to be in this position now, um, given that we 
used to be very grateful if we actually made the NCAA tournament. But, I mean, it is what it is. I'd see the regular season now as more of just kind of something to enjoy and, and sort of part of the process to, to watch a team grow along the way. Um, but in terms of just measuring success, I think uh, the regular season is more for building up to where it actually matters, which is what's going to happen in March. Um, what I'm looking forward to um, is I think this team, it's not only experienced, but it'll be even more experienced throughout the season, given the schedule they'll have to play against this year. And I love that. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with dropping a game or two in the non-conference and dropping some in the ACC. Um, it's only going to make us a better team. But um, in terms of expectations, I think, uh, I think we're... One, I think we're probably the safest bet to win the ACC. Um, I think it's us and Carolina, really, um, are the two best teams. And we get them at home and have a slightly easier um, in-conference schedule. So I, I expect us to, to three-peat and win the regular season once again. Um, I really, really hated that we didn't win the ACC tournament last year, that I was – that Carolina game was just such a bummer. Um, the ACC tournament's going to be in D.C. this year, so it's kind of a home game for us. Uh, I'd, I'd like to win that as well. And I'd like to just let's just get us to the Elite Eight. Um, I mean, God, God, it sounds so greedy now, but... <laughs> That's all <laughs> I want. Just win everything. <laughs> um, I, think, I think once you make the Elite Eight, it's... it's like if it's obviously it's when you lose it'll be very very disappointing but it at least just shuts up people it's like oh like Bennett can't advance in March which I think it's ridiculous that some people are even saying that and not many people are but um, I think we're we're definitely a program that we should be making the elite eight in further so um, but I think the big thing I think winning the ACC is really important to me I think regardless of what happens in in the NCAA's it's nice to to hang your hat on that um, and I think we are the the best team in the ACC so. I think they'll go out and, and definitely three-peat and hopefully take on an ACC title. And then NCAA tournament, who knows? I mean, obviously, whenever we face Michigan State again, it's, <laughs> we can't control that. <laughs> you know, I, I just love that we're all like, yeah, man, I'm sure we'll win 30 games again, but what are we really going <laughs> to accomplish this year? I mean, <laughs> the, the, the distance the program has come from uh, the, the Lato years and the, the Gillen years, it's uh, uh, we're, we're definitely spoiled, and I, I try to temper – those expectations as much as possible. I, I, you know, the, I'm picking five regular season losses. I mean, we, uh, we, we certainly didn't have that last year, but, um, yeah, we're, we're very lucky to be in the position that we're in. We are. I just want to, I want this year's team to just keep, I want us to keep pushing it forward, especially with the idea that as much fun as next season is probably going to be, it's also pretty unpredictable. There are a lot of new faces and they're going to be guys playing new roles and, the level of success might not be what we've gotten used to over the last few years. I really want to take advantage of this experienced core. I mean, hell, I compared us to the 04 UConn team today before realizing that six of those guys played in the NBA, which might have been a little bit of a stretch then. But those guys had a lot of experience, and I feel like just experience in a system and experience in big games kind of, especially when it's talented experience, can go a long way against one-and-done culture. I feel like there's... Those kids are more likely to maybe get by on talent a little bit more. I feel like maybe we have a little bit of edge in those games, but I don't know. I just want to do things. I want to do things we haven't done and keep pushing this program forward. Like we have a chance to beat Duke and Cameron this year. We've come close twice and haven't done it. 
I want to go down there and hit him in the mouth. I want Michigan State again. Meet him in the NCAA tournament at some point, hit him in the mouth. I'd love to, yeah, a three-peat in the ACC would be great. Um, the ACC tournament, like being there to watch us win it was my favorite sports moment I've ever experienced. But, I mean, that's just such a crapshoot. I'd love to win that again. And really, I'd just like to go farther than we've gone under Tony in the NCAAs. But I don't know if there's necessarily a ceiling on how far that far is. Yeah, yeah un- 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 unfortunately, they've, they've left us with, with absolutely, absolutely no- nothing, nothing else to kind of strive for. I mean, uh, 60 wins the, the last two seasons. A stat that absolutely blows my mind is the fact that Virginia has not lost a game by more than six points since January 1st, 2014, a span of 58 games, including 39 against our league. I mean, that kind of... And, and what, what was the last game we lost by more than six points? It, it, it may have been the Tennessee <laughs> game, but... Uh, yeah, it, it, and and it, we've, got, we've got one of their, what, the third leading scorer that game? He plays for us now. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, that game's irrelevant, really, at this point. The, the bottom line is that what, what's happened since then is it's absolutely mind-blowing that the program has gotten to this point. And, you know, I I don't take a single one of those wins for granted. I I do not take the regular season lightly. Uh, When you get into these tournaments, uh, you kind of never know what's going to happen. And and Michigan State played their asses off in those two games against us. Uh, We shot it poorly, obviously. And sorry, Daniel, you had to be there for that debacle. I didn't know you were there. Uh, But there were, you know... It was one of those things where we ran into one of the best coaches in the game, and they outplayed us. Um, I'm just hoping that that we can advance further this year. That's all I'm really looking for. I have no doubt in my mind we're going to be a one or a two seed going into that tournament. I just, you know, I don't think with our experience and our physicality and just the sheer amount of minutes played in big games that this roster has, I don't think there's any way that we're not a one or two seed, and it's all about um, what we're going to be able to do when we get to that tournament, folks. And, you know, they supposedly made this schedule for that one thing in mind. Like, what else can we do to get us more seasoned for that event? And, you know, I'm not sure that, that anything more than a 16-game ACC schedule can really do that much more for you. But, um, you know, we'll have to see if this is our year. The bottom line is we keep turning out rosters and talent and, and just execution the way that this Virginia program it has, our time will come, guys, and, and it's it's just a matter of when, and and hopefully, hopefully it's this year. And I'm I'm awfully excited for the season to tip off. Um, my wife, the kids, the dog, they they all know that it's almost uh, game time in the Pittman household. Uh, everyone's getting excited, so uh, I know you guys out there listening are as well. And I want to give everybody uh, a chance to give their contact um, and where to find them and everything before we sign off tonight. I want to thank all these for joining us. We'll start with a newcomer, Charlie. Uh, let the folks know where to find you out there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at University Ball, and you can read my blog covering Virginia basketball, football, and baseball at universityball.org. And please, please give him a follow and check out his blog. It's fantastic stuff. Uh, Charlie, I love tweeting with you throughout the season. Uh, it's, it's one of my, my favorite interactions on Twitter. Uh, really enjoyed having you on. I think you did an absolute killer job tonight uh thanks a lot for coming and daniel um you know i don't don't know how much work you're doing on the blog these days i know you got a a full-time gig uh, but go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you 
Yeah, I'm, I'm at Embrace Pace UVA on Twitter. Um, I'm going to be revamping up the blog soon. I'm probably going to sort of maybe re maybe go through a different blogging site that I did before, but um, I'll probably I'm thinking about doing maybe like a one post a week type thing rather than like a game by game analysis, more of like a high level overview of where where we stand um, cuz that's kind of all I can do right now, but uh, I definitely want to want to uh, keep that going. Well, uh, we always appreciate you having you on. Uh, uh, you do a tremendous job, and and phony. Um, you know, why don't you go ahead and, and fill everybody in about some of our potential guests this season that we've kind of already locked up, and and let everybody know where to find you. Yeah, man, uh, you can find me at if Tony tweeted. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably okay with with things that aren't jokes. Um, you know what I do on there. I don't have a blog. So, so it's, it's my jokes, my thoughts, um, what passes for analysis. And, and I really appreciate, I want to say, uh, everyone that, that, that follows all of us on Twitter and, and really makes it such a fun place to commune like during games and when news breaks and stuff, it, it's a really neat medium. And, uh, you know, everyone out there makes it a lot of fun. Uh, this year, the hard hedge, we've, uh, already rebooked our, uh, some of our most popular guests, Mark Titus, uh, formerly of Grantland. I say formerly because Grantland shut down. Uh, it's not Mark's fault. Uh, Seth Greenberg, former coach of the Virginia Tech uh, whatevers, uh, has agreed <laughs> to be on again. Uh, he was one of our he, – he was our first, like, big-time guest, and, and so we're so thankful to uh, have him back. He is so much fun. You should follow him on Twitter. Um, Seth on Hoops, is that is that what he is, at Seth on Hoops? Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm plugging him. Uh, John Rothstein, uh, we got to work out uh, scheduling issues with him, but he wants to do it. And uh, John Gassaway, who uh, he does the Tuesday Truths column, writes for ESPN Insider. Um, he, he's also said that he'll be on. So, I mean, that's a lot of national guys, guys that are uh, doing analysis for ESPN, guys that are doing a lot of advanced stats work, and, and really uh, all guys who appreciate what the Virginia program has done. So uh, please subscribe, tell your friends about it. Uh, this season promises to be uh, a lot of fun and very informative for fans. Yep, absolutely. And, and Justin Anderson did promise us on this podcast that he would come back and break down the, the season uh, after we get underway. And uh, London Perantis has told me that he'd like to join as well. Uh, and we just got to figure out the whole uh, media relations part to, to get that squared up. And, um, you know, we're really excited about bringing you guys content uh, this year and, and you'll hear more from the guests that are on today throughout the season and um, you know w- uh, we're excited to be a part of the season with you guys and, and, and I'm Mike Pittman at Wahoo Basketball uh, my I will be writing feature pieces for, for Cavs Corner uh, just whenever, whenever something tickles my fancy so you'll be able to find some content there uh, and as Tony said man just love interacting with everybody on Twitter the, the whole reason why we're all doing this is, is because we're just we're just diehard fans uh, and we love interacting and, and talking about the game and the team. And, uh, you know, we look forward to interacting with you guys all season long. And, and, let, and let's tip it off, boys. Uh, and that'll, that'll do it. Uh, I'll sign off for everybody. And, uh, um, you know, we look, forward to, we look forward to what should probably be a hell of a season. Wahoo wah.